like Brent Lori, and I bet I could watch you spread your air out all day. But when you're done doing whatever, when you're through playing whoever, you know that the Nats fans will be right here waiting for you. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to Resting Pitch Face episode 26. I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. And before we go any further, I'm going to have to put a uh, TVMA or listening MA rating on this episode because we are going to be getting, um, you're making liberal use of the swear jar because of everything that has happened in the last two weeks and most especially what happened just on Friday. We all know what that is. Dusty Baker not getting rehired. All of the coaching staff not getting rehired. The overall in the last two weeks was once again flunking out of the NLDS. So swear jars here. Swear jars ready to go. <laughs> and we are definitely going to make use of it. Um, if you don't want to listen to a swear jar laced episode, you can go check us out on Twitter for our back episodes, Rest in Pitch Face with No G. Go to our website that has all of our back episodes right there on it, restingpitchface.com. Subscribe on iTunes. Send us an email, restingpitchface at gmail.com if you have things to say about this episode. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can go buy our shirts. Well, maybe we're making our, our our merch store is linked on our website, and maybe we'll be making some new stuff just based on this episode. Who knows? <laughs> okay, so we did ask you all to comment in advance. This is as close as we can do to, you know, a real-time radio call-in show. Um, we asked you guys, and a lot of you did send us some comments, and we're going to address those as best we can over the course of our discussions. But... We wanted to start with ones that seems relevant to both our post-season woes and the, once again, having a manager turnover in two years, which is, comes from L. Gitlin, who said, what are our collective rankings of Nats managers from best to worst and why? With the personal note of missing Dusty and Davey the same. So... So let's just run through, yeah, we yeah. have a list. So going backwards, we have Dusty Baker, Matt Williams. Just throw a quarter in for him. Imagine <laughs> swearing. Thank you. Uh, Davey Johnson, John McLaren, John Riggleman, or Jim Riggleman, Manny Acta, and Frank Robinson. Mm. Oh, of those, which do we think was the best manager? <laughs> so if I put on two-inch heels, I will be taller than Jose Altuve. So, like, Dusty Baker is better than the rest of them because the rest of them were terrible. Well, okay. David Johnson, year one, or so, year one and two was not terrible. Just in the interest of disclaimer, Davey was my first ads manager, so I can't really comment on anybody before Davey. They were there. Yeah, that, I mean, that's pretty much they were there. Uh, McLaren quit in a huff in the middle of the season, leading I to. I did Davey, hear about that. Yeah, Davy Johnson finishing out the 2011 season. Davy Johnson was pretty good. He was just kind of phoning it in. He was kind of Harrison Ford episode six hmm. with the Nats at the end of it. So he got killed by his son. Hey, episode spoilers! Six, not episode one. That's not episode one. That's definitely not episode one. That's... Episode one's The Phantom Menace. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Seven. Episode seven. Episode six, though. I was right. With the Ewoks? Yeah. 
Oh. I mean, yeah, he was not really was having that. it in. Okay, now that I've explained, <laughs> now that we've explained that one, um, I don't I mean, honestly. I'm wearing an Ewok bathrobe right now. So. Yeah. Star Wars metaphor is always welcome. I am actually wearing a uh, Star Wars sweatshirt right now. Oh, we match. With the resistance. Okay, nice. go put your hair in, in Princess Leia buns. Uh, that's going to be too hard right now for my hair, but I am wearing my Danny Espinosa Defense Squad t-shirt because it did feel appropriate. Yeah. Even though Danny Espinosa is not the defense squatting that we're going to be doing today. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the issue is not who is the best Nationals manager, though, I mean... How do I put this? Do we have consensus that it is Dusty? Yeah. Between the three of us, certainly. Um, you know, and and Dusty gets gets nailed on a bunch of stuff that I, last year I I was at a game with a friend who is intrepid Pittsburgh listener Matthew, and he was like, "Oh, Dusty's leaving his starters in too long. You're gonna get real sick of it." Like Bryce at one point tried to bunt, which whatever. <laughs> um, and like Dusty gets gets criticized consistently consistently. Four things I did not see consistently. Leaving starters in too long. Mm -hmm. Weird bunt situations. You know, like, uh, weird use of the bullpen. And I'm like, I don't see any of that. Like, there is no evidence of any of things. And the other thing is, like, Dusty has responded to this. And he's like, you know, I get get criticized for all of this stuff um, about making dumb decisions. You all have never called me smart. Like, I have been, I have done a lot of freaking winning for not ever being called smart by the game of baseball. It's like gutsy, empathetic. Yeah. Uh, like, all that stuff and never smart. And it's like, mm, no, smart, though, is actually appropriate here. Yeah, and like, just to just to throw a, I don't know, bone to the bullpen people. Is anybody agreeing on bullpen management these days? No. no. I mean, every single criticism of every single manager right now is he's not using the bullpen well. And at a certain point, it just becomes noise because I think the problem is we're at this, we've talked about this plenty of times, you know, the closer is the closer, blah, blah, blah. We're at this sort of crossroads in terms of what usage of the bullpen and even starters in the playoffs now, what that mm-hmm. looks like. Yeah. And- and and I would say somebody on Twitter commented, imagine what would have happened to Dusty had he pulled a reliever in the middle of an at bat, brought in a different reliever and then given up a grand slam. Yeah. Yeah. As certain Joe Maddens did. Oh, he would have yeah. been crucified. Yeah. Also, to be to be perfectly honest, and this is a little bit more relevant to like last season than this season, I actually like I was finding myself really nodding along with a lot of Dusty's bullpen decisions. Yes, yeah, not everything. Some I wouldn't make, of course, but I, I wouldn't make them anyway. But like, you can, in hindsight, it's really easy to be like, that was a really dumb decision. But like, I was, I was getting, I, I got a sense that he was really trying to use guys in the right situation as opposed to being like, he's our closer. <laughs> Matt Williams circa 2015. Like, right after the closer yeah. tried to choke out Bryce Harper. Like, exactly. Sean Doolittle probably is not going to try to choke out Bryce Harper. And God, if I he did, not. I believe that Dusty would have been like, go home now. Right? Um, I mean, not without some... Uh, uh, no, never mind. I'm going to take it to a weird place. Let's, yeah. let's keep it to a not weird place. Yeah. Peace, we're, we're TVMA for language, not for su- su- uh, sexual suggestions. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. but like, yeah, it, it, that's one of those things where where I totally agree with Laura. Like, we're at a crossroads between when do you use your best reliever in a high leverage situation as a closer, 
they're human, so they need consistent roles mm-hmm. versus what did the stats say? You know, but at the same time, like, how do I put this? Our bullpen was not the issue in the NLDS. Right. Our, right. And our, our bullpen management was not the issue. And when it was the issue, people, he was doing the best he had for over the course of the season with the bullpen that he had. Yeah. And you can't, at a certain point, you have to be like, it's not his fault. Like, that they can't do their jobs. Um, and and the, the other thing is, like, we outscored the Cubs in the NLDS. And I want to yep. come back to that fact repeatedly mm-hmm. because, like, the, they're like, oh, the Nationals are choke artists. Ha, ha, ha. Especially with the Pablo incident. Mm. But, like, uh, you, you know, we outscored the Cubs. We outplayed the Cubs. We left the Cubs broken, battered, and bruised. And then the Dodgers basically were like, oh, this corpse we are playing against is not yeah. very good. They, they they were like, ooh, blood in the water. And You're then welcome, Dodgers shark. What? Yeah. You're welcome, Dodgers fans. Yeah, basically. I'm like... And- you know, Carl Edwards Jr. was correct that he saw them in L.A. He was incorrect because I think his ERA in the playoffs ended up as, like, 14. You well, know. Yeah. Which, which, whatever. I actually think he's fine. Like, I, I think, you know, he has a good story regardless of the fact that he gave up a, a bunch of runs. But, like, we, people like the Cubs look mentally, emotionally, spiritually drained. I'm like, yep, so do I. Yeah. <laughs> And you were saying before we started, like, that's what happened last year. We just did it to the Dodgers last time. Yeah. Like, although we didn't outscore them. We just. Yeah, no, we did. We actually outscored them last did year. Did we outscore the Dodgers last season, too? Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, we I... outscored the Dodgers 24 to 19. Oh. And we outscored the Cubs. So, you know, it's it's because of that. It's pretty much dumb luck. And by yeah. dumb luck, I mean dumb umpiring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the last game. Um, but like we were at game two, game two was beautiful. Strauss pitched a gem for game four. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, it was two bad calls. Yeah. Three bad calls really, but like at least two and a half bad calls. I mean, yeah, because you can kind of add them all together and be like, some of them I could see going the other way. And so like collectively, I feel like it's two bad calls out of the three bad calls that were made. Yeah. If you like, uh, take the pieces of each one. And I, I think I figured out the solution um, is that you guys have to come down for, you got, like, Laura has to come down and Sydney, you have to come. You have to drop everything and you have oh to go to all the playoffs games with me. Okay. Because we were all there together for game two and we won. <laughs> and I was by myself for game five and it was excruciating. Oh, God. <laughs> well, you're not really alone when you're in section 100. No, no. It was actually a really good. We were all very there for each other, and, but it was still excruciating. So clearly, you guys just have to come down or come to the games, and then we can just win them, and then it'll be like a repeat of last time. Anyway, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> yeah, we have to get there in 2018 first. Yeah. I might have to crowdfund again. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, this is just one of those things where. No, we didn't leave starters in too long in the NLDS. Nope. No, we didn't have bad bullpen management in the NLDS. We actually were, like, everyone's like, oh, they're not hitting. I'm like, we were hitting better than the Cubs. Just not at the right times. <laughs> not at the right times. <laughs> yeah. But we, we were hitting better than the Cubs. Um, was their all-star third baseman better than our not seemingly not all-star third baseman? Hell no. No. Like, Mr. Strikeout how many times? Oh, my God. Uh, so in the NLDS, uh, let me take a look. 
Uh, he's struck out 10 times. Chris Bryant, just to be clear. Uh, this is Chris Bryant. And in the NLCS, he struck out four times. In the NLDS, his, his batting average was 200, and his OBP was 238. He also slugged for a whopping 538, which I assume he did to make Nate Silver happy. <laughs> um, versus Rendon, who was hitting in the NLDS, I will give this, a buck 76, and his OBP was 364. Yeah. And he slugged for 775. Or I'm sorry, his uh, his OPS was seven seven five, and and Bryant's OPS was five thirty eight. Sorry, not slugging, but like, yeah, um, we can be very critical of how the Nats were hitting, but the Cubs were hitting worse. Uh, yeah, there and there was just and there was mistakes made on both sides, and they just ended up falling all on one side of the equation at the end. Yeah, I mean the Cubs made many more errors, yeah. if I recall correctly. Oh, I, many many more. I didn't keep an actual tally, and I know it's always funnier to pay attention to the other team's errors, but I think it actually was numerically many more on their side than ours. Well, they it's... had at least one game with four errors in it. Well, two of those were Kyle Schwarber on the same play. Yeah, but it's, st- <laughs> it's still four errors, and yeah, this is the point where I say, like, okay, we were not hitting the way we were supposed to be hitting. Mm-hmm. like, And it wasn't that we couldn't, because my baby boy, Michael A. Taylor, proved that these guys can be hit because he murdered them. Yes. Um, I mean, uh, he put the team on his uh, his scale back and was like, <laughs> yeah. Um, like I'm doing this all myself, goddammit. I was I was expecting Chris Taylor at the end of the NLCS to like rip off a mask and it was Michael A. Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going one way or another. You can't stop me. Yeah, <laughs> like, basically. Like so the rest of the guys we're not capitalizing on the errors, except in some very extreme situations. We were, like, four errors in a game you should get more than one run out of. I, I feel pretty comfortable saying that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think this is as good a time as any to bring up the fact that Murphy apparently just had knee surgery. Mm-hmm. Yep, so playing hurt through the playoffs. <clears throat> and and that is one thing that, that everyone's like, well, why didn't we just put in Defoe? Like... Wilmer Defoe should have seen more playing time during the NLDS. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I absolutely will say, like, that's on Dusty. Like, same thing. We should have pinch hit uh, Howie Kendrick in place of Weeders, and we didn't. And Weeders' best role in the NLDS was standing there while people pitched around him and then trotting slowly to first base, which is a fine role. Yeah. Like, he definitely, definitely, like, was part of the Michael A. Taylor Grand Slam moment by being like, I'm just gonna stand here. His his role was to be there, was to be behind. I mean, yeah. And I'm not even talking defensively. He was there to be good for the pitchers. And he was there to call the game very, very well. Yeah. Um, Except when he weirdly got hit in the head and then acted like he couldn't catch for a couple of plays. Yeah. Two two very key moments to have the worst brain fart of your entire life. Yeah. Well, and but that was clearly like against that call was against the rules of Major League Baseball. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the I agree. rules were it was third strike, it was out, we were done. Yep, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, and that was one of those things of like, oh, weirdly, weirdly, it's going the Cubs' way repeatedly. <laughs> someone, someone on Twitter did ask, uh, do we think we clinched too early and got stale because of we lost the last I think six out of ten games in the regular season? Yeah, uh, that was Tina, by the way. Thank yeah. you for uh, bringing that to us. Um, I mean, I said that 
I didn't want that to happen back when we clinched at the beginning of September. Uh, I don't remember if I said that on here or not, but like I was concerned that I, I wanted them, everybody to take a little nap and then ramp it back up again. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if the ramping back up happened. I don't know that it's necessarily that we got stale as that. I don't know how to, how to even put that. Like, I don't know that it would be stale as much as complacent. Maybe. Although I don't, I don't feel like anybody walked into that series expecting to win it. You know, I don't like, I don't think they strutted in there like we're the big boys and we're going to go home and like, screw you Cubs. I, that wasn't the vibe I got from anyone. I felt like maybe they waited too long to ramp up, which is a little bit getting stale again. Like they let themselves take a nap and then their nap didn't. And then they woke up nap groggy. Yeah, no, that was a hangover nap that lasted a long time. Yeah, like it wasn't. It wasn't like when you take a like a power nap and you wake up and you're like, okay, I can go do the dishes. I'm going to be productive. This was like you take the power nap and you're like, oh god, everything is foggy and gray, and I don't want to like for the next five hours. And that's that's what it felt like that happened to the Nats. Yeah, I mean the sense. offense more than anything. Yeah. Oh, I mean. We can talk some shit about some of the pitching. Some of the pitching was some of the best pitching I've ever seen in my life in that series from the Nats. Steven Strasburg, thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, you, you and Michael A. Taylor are the only ones who have done nothing wrong, sweetie. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I would say that's probably fair. Yeah, Strauss's game, that game four where he had the flu where it was like, Let's give you antibiotics, even though it's the flu. I, but it sounded like it was sinusitis. Yeah. yeah. And that would be treatable with antibiotics. But also, like, they just IV'd him. And so, someone, I was like, what was it? I think it was, it might have been, oh, one of the Post reporters was like, uh, it might have been Boswell, was like, yeah, people call Strauss soft. No one can ever call him soft again. Yeah, that was that was Boz. That was yeah. Boz for sure. Um, because if you pitch sick in the rain, the one of the most perfect games I've ever seen. Yeah, no one can ever call you soft again. Like, yeah. it, you know, that was that was a just reach down and prove something moment. Mm -hmm. And he absolutely did. And I think Boz also, in this, it might have been the same article, made the point that like sometimes when you're at your half best is when you get your best because yeah. you can't you can't overthink anything, which I think is something that we've noticed about Steven Strasburg at times is that he gets a little too in his own head and overdoes stuff. Like when you can't, when all you can focus on is that you feel crappy and you have to throw a pitch, then you cannot let, you don't let yourself get into your own head about it. Yeah, like yeah, you're forced to you know what is it they always say about pitchers need to have amnesia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, if you feel like you're thinking through cotton balls, <laughs> you don't have a choice on that. You just yeah. have amnesia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every pitch is the first pitch and the worst pitch because you have to throw it. <laughs> I'm I'm very happy we have him. Yes. For a long time. Yes. I'm very happy that despite and and we can get into the fact that ownership is terrible. And we will. And we will. Um, and we have a number of people who are leaving in the next couple of years that we should either lock up or think about seriously what's, what their replacements are going to look like. Yeah. Make, or in making hay when the sun shines, if we can. Yeah, for the next year. Um, but the fact that he wanted to stay, when everyone's like, we don't have no idea if Steven Strasburg like, has an affection for the city, actually like likes it here because he just doesn't talk. And yeah. it's like, oh, it turns out he really likes it here. 
Mm-hmm. And I think in part it's because we don't make him talk. <laughs> that I mean, that could be. He does, you know, we don't. We don't. Most people who are around him are not pushing him for more than he's willing to give. Yeah, there are um, a lot of people in the city who are probably pushing him for a lot more. And as we've seen of all of the various discussions that have happened, but like the the I hesitate to say true believers, but at least like the people who are around closest around him are not pushing him for more. Yeah, um, and and like I would want to put him and Zach Grinky in a room together uh, and see who, who cracks first. I think it would be about five days of not speaking. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, we don't we don't make him as an organization do more than he wants to do, and maybe that's why he likes it here. And and you know, I'm just I'm happy that we signed him to to we will have him for a long time. He he ensures who. Got lit up in game five, but man, he pitched a gem in game three. Three. Yeah. 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 Like, and so he got lit up on a BS call coming in in relief on like the wackiest inning any of us have ever seen. But like, it's not like he wasn't pitching a no hitter into the sixth inning in game three. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like he didn't get the first two batters before yeah. all hell broke loose. You know, yeah. this wasn't Max coming in. Sorry, I'm trouble having trouble talking about it. Um, this wasn't Max coming in and just like shitting the bed. No, it was. It absolutely wasn't. It was Max coming in and getting actually three outs in pretty quick succession, according to the succession actual succession. actual rules. The of, ma- of Major League Baseball. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, Geo. Geo was not looking like Geo was looking like last season for the last three his last two or three starts and then in the NLDS. I wanted Roark for game five. Yeah. It feels disloyal to say that because I do love Geo, but I am angry that Roark did not appear at all. And I wanted him to start game five. Or at the very least, I actually I floated this and didn't really hear any feedback. So I'm curious what you guys think. Knowing that Max had about two innings in him at most. Um, what I might have done, given everybody's comfort zone in terms of when they're able to come in, because the argument against starting Rourke was the fact that he has come out of the bullpen more and was comfortable doing that. So in that case, start Max, in the loosest sense of the word, with the plan that he's going to go one or two. Mm-hmm. And then put Rourke in for the starter length amount of time, go to the law firm, close it up. Um, uh, I like that. I would have stuck Gio in there because you know yeah. what? Uh, Joe Madden gets driven crazy by lefty righty matchups. Yeah. So if like, we had gone righty lefty righty, like, yeah. So if we had gone, I don't know, Max, then Gio, then, then Roark, like, first of all, we would have seen more, like, did you guys see the gif of Joe Madden drinking wine that someone captioned? Yeah. I'm a manager. Watch me managing. <laughs> like we would have made him and he was already pretty freaking crazy, we would have driven him up a wall. Yeah. I, and um, that, that I don't know why we didn't. Well, it's a question of whether you're playing to psych the other guy out or you're playing to 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 get more done. I mean, I don't... I understand the arguments against Geo, and I'm not saying this out of Geo loyalty. I still would have made the same call because Tanner's, while he improved over the course of the season, he still was very shaky for a lot of it. And I wouldn't have started him. And I would be worried about starting Max, even if it's only for two innings, uh, as a bullpen session. Um, that's basically what we're talking about. We're basically letting him have his bullpen session to start a game, which I would be 
concern i would say you know geo and then roark and then if we need to then we could go from to max for an inning or something like that i guess i don't understand the difference and maybe i don't understand his warm-up routine very well but then what's the difference between putting max in at the beginning versus putting max in in the middle in terms of it being you know it's not really a start either way i would worry that max wouldn't want to come out of course he wouldn't want to come out you'd have to lay the ground rules with him very very clearly yeah wasn't uh, on board scrap it yeah i i i don't think there's a difference i think that they were they were sort of seeing like because geo was on normal rest at that point yes so geo should have been able to go a full start um well so was tanner yeah i don't know why that tanner i don't know why everyone sort of turned on tanner because tanner was good towards the end of the season his era was above four for the last Last bit of the season, even as improving, and yeah, you're right, whatever. But like, yeah, I don't know why we didn't why we didn't do something slightly different. That being said, there is no perfect solution to this, and the idea yeah. that Dusty Baker is not getting renewed because of it, yeah, is absurd. Oh, that's I mean, still bullshit. I'll pick yeah. his decisions apart for hours and still want him back. Like, th- yeah, that's the thing. It's like we can't even come to a consensus on this, and yet we are usually fairly like minded about a lot of this stuff. True. Like, I think I, I think that's a fair assessment over, you know, doing this for a little while. Like, and we can't agree on what we would have done in Dusty's place. And absolutely nobody else can agree on what they would have done in Dusty's place. And this is all with the benefit of hindsight. I'm going to say this right now before we get to anybody else's comments that they so graciously provided us with. I don't believe the reason that has been given for Dusty's non-renewal. I keep calling it a firing because it keeps feeling like a firing. It's not technically a firing. It is a non-renewal of contract. I don't believe that reason. I believe that they did not renew because they didn't want to pay him the money that they knew he was going to ask. Oh, I agree. I completely agree. I think because like, if that's, if that's a stupid reason and they are bad and wrong for the reason that I think is the actual reason, which is that Dusty wanted money and they didn't want to pay it. However, if you take the given reason at face value and believe them, that is even better and more wrong. Yeah. Like, that because is, who the hell else do you think you're going to get? I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ, who else is out there? And who it's else like, wants to work for an organization that does stuff like this? That and fires get paid peanuts for one it. fucking game. Swear um, jar. I did So uh, we got a very nice long email from, from uh, Twitter follower Jonathan Fang, which had a quote that, that we pulled out that said, if they continue down this path, their bottom line will suffer as top-level talent won't want to come to the Nationals and fans start to realize that the team's commitment to success is only committed to the bottom line and not wins and losses. And yeah, that's basically it. Like, this was a cheap-out decision um, or made about a game that was a crazy game where if you played that game 99 times out of 100, the Nats win. Mm-hmm. And so it's either a... BS decision about one game, or it's a BS decision about money, and either way, the common denominator is bullshit. Yeah. One's yeah. bad, one's worse, and they decided to go with the worst answer, and everyone can see what's happening. Like, yeah. who is gonna manage the Nationals? Before this happened, I definitely expected us to be talking about this, but I figured we'd be talking about this in terms of like, do we expect Dusty to come back? What do you think he's going to want? What do you think the learners will actually give him, etc. Right? So I've been reading stuff about this for a while, and the basically tone of it is there is nobody that we can get that has anywhere near the experience and the the, the gravitas of Dusty Baker. 
Yep. And, and no it's... one is going to cost less than Dusty Baker with anything. Like, nobody has what he has. Certainly nobody has what he has for less money than what he wants. And, the, like, the field is just empty. It's crickets. It's tumbleweeds in terms of known quantities. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of people have been arguing about racism mm-hmm. and whether or not that was a factor. And it's hard to separate things from each other where on the one hand the learners are clearly not paying their managers right Mm -hmm. and in a way the fact that Dusty has been consistently undervalued by MLB probably is part of the reason the learners got him in the first place oh it's definitely the reason because if anybody had really given him his due all along he wouldn't have taken an offer like the ones the one that the learners gave him because he would have been able to do better virtually anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So while I'm not saying he was not renewed strictly because he is a black man, the whole setup is based on the experiences that he has had of being discriminated against in management roles over the course of his career. And yeah, I, a lot of the criticism, yeah, and the criticism of his not making smart decisions is very, yeah. yeah. It, oh, absolutely, it's, absolutely. It's coded. And, um, yeah. He, he made much better decisions than Joe Madden. Like, let's just say yeah. that. Like, right. Joe Madden and yet Joe some... Madden is the quirky genius yeah. in this scenario. And Dusty Baker is what? The the confused old black guy? Basically. Mm-hmm. Which, that, yeah. They're the yeah. same age, aren't they? Um, I have no idea how old Joe Madden is, but probably. But we talk about, not us, but like people talk about Joe Madden like this brilliant hipster old guy. Yeah. Or yeah. people... People used to talk about Davey Johnson, beloved baseball grandpa, who was 70 years old when he retired, or 69 and a half or whatever the hell. He was older than Dusty Baker is now. or Yeah. And people are like, oh, sweet baseball grandpa. And that's not what they say about Dusty Baker. Like, um, I would be honored if he would be my baseball grandpa. <laughs> yeah. So Dusty is, 50, is 68. It was, Madden was, is 63. Anyway, he has an 18-year-old son, which, okay, I never actually sat down and did that math, but go Dusty Baker, I guess. <laughs> oh, I did. But, like, yeah, Joe Madden gets baseball genius, despite the fact that he made a bunch of stupid decisions mm-hmm. that were just inexplicable and or infuriating. Um, yeah, Davey Johnson gets gets baseball grandpa. Do we think a different manager would have gotten what he got out of Michael A. Taylor? No. No. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think he would have gotten what he got out of Brian Goodwin. I don't think he would have gotten what we saw out of um, Defoe. I don't think we would have gotten what we've seen out of everyone on that team. So I was reminded Friday that Dusty Baker had to actually manage Jonathan Papelbon for about half a year. I had completely forgotten that because it was such a complete non-fricking incident. Because nothing happened. Be- exactly. I had forgotten that, 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 that they had ever interacted with each other because Dusty Baker calmed that shit right down. Yeah. And, and basically, Papelbon, we, we did a, a love Papelgon, ex- uh, you know, a- episode. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, uh, faded away. Like, you know, in the, the end of, of Harry Potter 7, movie 7, the seventh, I guess, installment of the movie, but it's really the eighth movie because they did two parts. Yeah. You know when Voldemort kind of, like, dissolves into the wind as, like, Yeah, which ashes? was really stupid and didn't happen in the book and I didn't like it, but I take your metaphor. 
Yeah, that's what happened with Pavelba. And I was like, oh, yes, the evil has been defeated. Neville. <laughs> Neville has slayed the snake, by which I mean, I don't know. Bryce yeah. Harper hit a baseball. Like, but, but I mean, like, <sighs> yeah, and who knows from the outside whether we can give Dusty credit for that. But given that Matt Williams had the absolute opposite effect. Mm -hmm. And Dusty came in and immediately turned that around. And the one thing that people have said about him which again is not saying he's smart, even though they should. It's also a valid thing to say. People call him a player's manager. Players like to work for him. But that is important. It is important. That is an extremely important thing to be able to come in and be like, I know you guys want to take each other's heads off and I know you have baseball bets with which you can do that, but maybe don't. And, and given, goes, oh, the, given the number, given the number of analysts and stats guys and blah, blah, blah that are out there doing the stats jobs, you know, a lot of criticism has come out of Dusty talking about how he's too old school, which first of all, he's he's not. He's yeah. we shift and we match up and we the closer yeah. isn't the closer because he's the closer. So th that's just factually wrong. Um, but also at this point, in my humble opinion, the most important thing for the manager to do is be a player's manager at this point, just given how many other people there are to do all the numbers and that kind of stuff. I also I think when we talk about stuff like stats-based management and things like that, I don't think enough credit is given to the guys who have, like we have shit on for justifiable reasons, like eye test, gut instinct kind of baseball stuff. But for somebody like Dusty, who is smart and has been doing this for a long time, he's making some of these stat-based decisions without having to look at a stats sheet to do it. It's true, his eye like, test has an N of about a gazillion. Like, yeah. Like, so he he might be like, oh, yeah, I don't read the stats. I'm not a stats guy. I'm old school. Because he might not even think to himself that he's thinking about it in stats. But he is, on a certain level, I think, thinking about it in a, in a statistical fashion. It just doesn't come out in, in, in like, our values or whatever. I don't know. I pulled that out of my butt. But, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And, no, I think it's a valid point that most people's gut eye test instincts are based on a relatively small amount of experience. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they're skewed. Well, and it's also stats really matter in player acquisition in addition to player in-game management. And so the, the question is like, why did we go out and acquire X player versus Y player? Well, we did a bunch of stats analysis and we said, this player is going to be a better player than that player. Dusty probably has a hand in some of those decisions, but at the same time, just saying, okay, you got this guy because he does X, Y, and Z. So you, you know, continue to use him to do X, Y, and Z is a stats-based decision. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, and so, you know, it, it's one of those things where everyone's making a justifiable big deal that the Astros and the Dodgers, who are very statistically-minded teams, are both going to the World Series. But at the same time, it's not the statistics of their in-game use. It's the statistics of their player acquisition. Yeah. It's getting Kike Hernandez. It's getting Chris Taylor, who everyone's like, who? That guy? You know, it's it's one of those things where, particularly for the Dodgers, they have Kershaw, they have Puig, and they have Jensen. Almost yeah. everyone else on that team is not... And, and Justin Turner is really, really good at baseball, but almost everyone else on that team is not uh, an all-star. Mm -hmm. But they play like all-stars because they made good stats-based decisions in acquiring yeah. them. And 
to, to the extent that like that's what why the nationals are in a position that they're in is because we've been making those good stats based acquisitions for a long time yeah. yeah and and you know just to point out the obvious the playoffs are where stats go to die yes because speaking of sample size yeah, yeah. absolutely but the, i mean the dodgers and the astros both won a whole lot of games like in the regular yeah. season yes. like this is the first world series between 100 win plus games in like 40 some plus years yeah. these are the two teams that deserved to be there if you want to take it from that yeah and if we aspect. didn't have the playoffs and just went to all right who's the best team in one league who's the best team in the other league they're going to play it would, That's what ha- yeah. it would be this and so i feel pretty pretty fine about that but i'm like the in-game sort of stats-based decisions no they just they're managed like normal teams during during games yeah mm-hmm. you just don't know like you just don't know what's going to happen and you can also take a take a look at some statistics and then they they bite you in the ass like murphy postseason hero right based on the numbers and what he put up puts up in the postseason well playing injured did we know i don't know if we knew but based on his numbers you put him in you think he's going to do something amazing jason worth lifetime postseason numbers are very good but he yeah, should have been was, playing in that series i was thinking about murphy which I don't necessarily enjoy doing. <laughs> um, but Dusty is relatively conservative about playing guys hurt. He has been, usually, if he knows. Yeah, yeah and so I... Because I was thinking about that, and the fact that if he if he knew the extent of it, based on his track record, I believe, and you guys can agree or disagree, I believe he would have put Defoe in at least some of the time. I think it's unfair to put everything on Defoe and call him some magic bullet because he doesn't really have the playoff experience. Yeah, we wouldn't know. He could have choked, like, I'm sorry, baby, Trey did the whole time. Like, he could have yeah, just... It, so, so, it, so I'm not it. saying Defoe's the great solution, but I think, given the way Dusty typically handles injured players, that if he had been aware of the full extent of Murphy's injury, that Defoe would have at least seen some playing time out there for him. Yeah. I think and I good. also think... Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. We go back to Trey Turner. Trey definitely struggled the first three games. Mm-hmm. Then he and Dusty sat down and had a long talk, and mysteriously he was fine the last two. Yep, that is a very good point. That is and a very, very good point. Basically, Trey sat, like was was open. He's like, Dusty told me, you know, sort of all about the players in his experience, really good players who struggled in the postseason, sort of made me see myself in terms of, of the narrative of this and made me understand sort of to, to relax and he was hitting good in the past, in the last two games. Yeah. Like, yep. And absolutely, did he choke in big moments? Sure. Yeah. Game two, bases loaded, he struck out. Absolutely. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, you know, and Lara's right. The postseason is where stats go to die. Mm-hmm. Trey did not need st- a statistically-minded manager to tell him X, Y, and Z. He needed to hear about how he related to the greater world of baseball and playoff outcomes, and then he took a deep breath and played like himself. Yeah, because I, I say choked not, and he choked in big moments. I meant like he looked like he was like, like choking so the bat and choking, and like like he looked like he wanted to hit. And I say this all the time, like as a joke, but I really mean it this time. He looked like he wanted to hit five grand slams in every single at bat. Like yeah. he was just so tense and like choked up, and he just needed to like, as you said, relax and put things in perspective. Yeah, and when you have a manager who can do that for you. And, and you know, we in game four made Jake Arietta look like a fool. <laughs> I enjoyed it. And the, and the Los Angeles Dodgers did not. 
in, yeah. in you know in their it was a uh, game game four actually um so we made jake arietta pitch 90 pitches in like three or four innings yeah like we made him look like a hot fool because we played frustrating jerk nationals baseball and trey was totally part of this of yep. i'm not going to chase anything i'm not going to chase anything my pitches for plate appearance are going to be super high um you're going to need to pitch to me and and they did it and we made we made freaking jake arietta look like not jake we made him like, like a human person like, like yeah. look like a human and the dodgers didn't the yeah. Dodgers lost that game because Jake Arrieta. Now maybe it was also a bounce back from the Nationals made me look like a fool, so I better not look like a fool. Um, but at the same time, like we made his pitch count go up an insane amount, basically picking because we knew going into their bullpen was going to be the solution to winning that game. Yep, and we did. And and that's the strategy we needed to have, and that's that's you know people criticize the National. Level. The Nationals for not having an identity. I'm like, no, that's the identity. It's Jason Worth. Mm-hmm. It's Jason Worth. I'm going to make you pitch to me. I'm going to be a jerk. I might not get a hit to get on base, but I will certainly take my slow trot single. Like, or I'll get hit by a pitch or, you know, whatever. But, like, I am going to be on base regardless of, of what you care about. And and so that was just one of those things where, where yeah. Sorry. That was my Trey Turner defense squad no, rant. No, it's it it's completely valid. It's completely valid. Like, I keep coming back to we. This reasoning for getting rid of Dusty, and by the way, all of the coaching staff, which we need to talk about. Well, like, yeah. Like this reasoning comes down to one series and one game of one series, and like, what the hell would anyone else have done? Like, yeah, you no, and you have, and he did, and he use them as best he was able to and i think one of the one of the things i've been seeing and we've gone over this a little bit but one of the things i've been seeing that i've been really frustrated with is that some of the some of the people out there i think i read something on the nats blog talking about how dusty baker wasn't the nats savior and you know if we want to win next year we have to go for broke and i just find that so frustrating because what does that mean? And who's going to do it? And even if the learners are going to pay a shit ton of money, who are they paying it to? Yeah. See, people. And they're not gonna. But even but, if they were. Yeah. Like, who could we possibly steal that would actually want to come here right now? Well, and also, we have a bunch of players who might be leaving. Yeah. Like, uh, so somebody pointed out um, so this is LBI Starfish on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Nats fan, but their manager turnover is troubling. With that and Harper slash Rendon slash Murphy, contracts all expiring in the next two years, not a great long-term prospect for job security. Murph is gonna is probably not going to be a national after two years. Like, we, we've all that. sort of talked about it. We're fine with it. Like, yeah. Defoe, we're, we would like him to be the second baseman of the future. <laughs> um, Harper is going to do what Harper is going to do. He is going to get $400 million dollars. And I don't think the learners are going to p- pay for it, so we better put somebody else in right field. At this point, honestly, I think the learners might pay for it, and he might not stay anyway. He might not stay anyway. Um, um, who we need to lock up and who I think is going to be the major issue is Rendon. Yeah. yeah. Because we can replace Murphy and we can replace Rendon, but we cannot replace both. But 
And, and if I had an option, it would obviously be Keep Rendon. Oh, yeah. yeah. And this is an important thing, I think, also going in the thrust of this comment here, is, like, this amount of manager turnover is really, really terrible for a young player. Like, you know, you settle in, you, you come up, say you're Anthony Rendon, or just generic young young talent, right? Like, talent, not replacement, whatever. Like, you come in. And you get into a groove with a manager, and then after a year and a half, he's gone, and now you have to get into a new groove with a new manager, and you kind of figure out how to do it, and then he's gone again, and then you really hit a groove with a manager, and then he's gone. Like, you can never find your place in the club. Yeah. You know, aside from like, oh God, they aren't treating people well, like, you are constantly getting, it's like getting kicked out of bed every two hours. You know, you can never actually uh, get the good night's sleep. And we Anthony Rendon out of bed. No, mm -hmm. we cannot kick Anthony Rendon out of bed. Thank you for seeing where I was going with this. For, like, eating puppies. <laughs> what? Okay, Ew. no, I, if he ate puppies, I think I would kick him out of bed. Uh, I'm, like, 50-50 on that. Um, oh, my God, Sydney. <laughs> I, I've said that before as an expression, Laura. I suppose. And, maybe not with Rendon in it. Um, But, like... <laughs> So, so the issue is is also, and and this gets into my my Chris Bryant versus Anthony Rendon rant because you didn't hear enough about my Trey Turner rant. We need to lock up Rendon. Like mm -hmm. we don't have talent to replace him. He like has a six point nine WAR. Uh, by the way, nice. <laughs> um, you know, he he and Giancarlo Stanton are battling for highest FWAR in the National League. His offensive numbers are about Chris Bryant's, and his defensive numbers are insane. Yep. And that's sort of the thing of of the top, basically, five folks, uh, or let's even say ten folks, for um, FR, his defense is rated 15.8. The next highest is Jose Ramirez at 6.3. Yeah. And that's obviously in the AL. But, like, it, he's gross, and we are spoiled. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I so, think a lot of people don't realize because we are spoiled, what that looks like when you have someone who's not him. Yeah. And so, but, like, basically, yeah, his offense is just as good as Chris Bryant's, and his defense is better. And where are we going to get that? And I think I think Anthony Rendon's going to want to go be an Astro. Yeah. I mean, mm. I could I could see it. Who do they have at third right now? You need continuity to do this. Like you need continuity to retain your players. Like when we first hired Dusty, I was hesitant, reticent. I was reticent and hesitant um, about it. Not because I thought he was going to be a bad manager, but because I figured he was going to want to retire because he was getting up there. And I figured, you know, we're going to have another two year situation. And then it became very clear to me that he did not want to retire. And I was like, okay, good. Maybe we'll be able to keep someone for long enough that they can have an effect on everything in this clubhouse. Oh, Bregman plays third. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I... Oh, he, he's pretty good. He's Jewish. I know. He also, well, I won't get into that. Um, yeah, he, he's good. Uh, I can't imagine the Houston Astros wouldn't be like, oh, you want to give us Anthony Rendon? Thanks. Yep. Okay. Like, the issue is Rendon loves Houston. He wants to go home. You know, I don't know if the Nationals with Dusty Baker would have convinced him to stay, but without, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, and there was an interview where with Rendon um, where they asked him if he was in the lineup that day. And he's like, yeah, I don't even know. Like, he's super relaxed. He liked du mm -hmm. that Dusty was also super relaxed. Like, 
I think they've said that they don't have a lot to say to each other, but in that, like, he also doesn't have a lot to say to Strauss. Like, they just don't talk, and that's fine. And yeah. I think I think Tony's probably thrilled about that, because a manager who did try to make him talk would be a manager that was making him uncomfortable. Yeah. And so he basically said, relax and do, do what you're going to do, and it turns out it worked. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting so frustrated, you know? Yeah. Like... I was in it's, such a funk on Friday, and I like had absolutely no way of explaining it to anybody else. Well, I was texting you guys, and yeah, just like spitting nails. I I lost coherence. I wrote things down, and I looked read them afterwards, and I was like, I am missing several sentences in these things that make the whole thing make sense. It's just a bunch of word salad at this point because I was my feelings were too much for my ability to write them down. I was so angry. Can I can I posit something? Sure. Just thinking about the way Dusty's gotten the short end of the stick. Um, if Matt Williams <laughs> had had this season as his second season. He would have gotten. Yeah, he would have yeah. stayed. He would have stayed. Yeah. He would have stayed. Now they were paying Matt Williams, like, I think what's in the swear jar currently. Yeah. It was like five cents and, and a cup of coffee. Like, like. Right. But. And. I don't know, maybe they would have paid him more after, but it it just makes me incredibly angry. Yeah. No. We have a couple more comments from Twitter that I think sum yeah. it up pretty well. Yeah, let's go. Um, so, at Let Teddy Win, I don't even know where to begin. Focus on facts, not on conjecture or hindsight managing or curses or rumors. And it just makes no sense. By the way, we're not cursed. Curses are not a thing. <laughs> They're not. <laughs> I have in the show outline a comment that says there are two things I know about white people. They love Matchbox Twenty and they are terrified of curses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like pretty much. Let's just mail the learners a bunch of Matchbox Twenty CDs. <laughs> I mean, we we joke about our superstitions and everything like that around here. Some of but, us build shrines. Yeah, but like it, it's very jokey. You know, it, it's not. Like I'll take I'll take shrine like vibes, but at the same time I understand that the shrine does not actually do squat to what's happening in the no the, <laughs> you know the shrine I mean? makes yeah. me feel better exactly exactly shrine. so there's we no made so the shrine because game one made us frustrated yeah and we wanted to spend the day before game two feeling like we were doing something about it right right so the point is there there's no there's no actual curse nobody came and like spat in our eyes or you know. I don't know what you do. There was no goat. Like, yeah, like... Babe Ruth had nothing to do with it. (sighs) He was dead. It just, if you look at it objectively, nothing here makes sense unless you say, oh, they didn't want to pay him. Yeah. Because they would not have fired anyone else for this series or this game, especially not being the only person who's actually won back-to-back, like, division championship. You know what? I mean, I know our division is kind of um, a Terrible. fire at the moment, like, <laughs> and it has been for a while, but winning, what are we, four divisional championships in five seasons is, or six seasons is nothing to sneeze at. That is impressive. Like, I know you can say it's not enough anymore, but you know what? You know, it's a I... lot better than a lot of people get. Exactly. Adam Lind, this was his first postseason. He has been in the, in the game for a long time. By the way, we should resign him. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't 
don't know what what's the deal with his contract. I think we um, have him for another year. I don't yeah, think I think we have him for another. We have due for another year as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank freaking God. Yeah, I know. No, I know. Um, and and management issues aside, um, I hope I, and Chandu Little I think was was happy with the sort of culture of the team in Oakland. Mm-hmm. He also seems happy with the culture of the team in the city in DC. Mm-hmm. Seems like it. Um, that sort of politically and personally, this is a good city for him. Um, though he thought he got recognized on the Metro, uh, cause a bunch of teenagers, did you guys see this? Yes. No, a bunch I of teenagers not. were like, Hey, do you know who you look like? And Aaron, Aaron Dolan was like, Oh, he's about to get recognized. And like, he puffs up about it. And they're like, Seth Rogen. Oh, <laughs> and a bunch of, just like the entire train platform apparently lost it. Cause he was like, <gasps> and then it was like, Oh, uh, they just, they clowned on me pretty hard. Um, wow. But I don't yeah. see that also at all. <laughs> but, but yeah, like we have him, we have Lind, but like this was Lind's first postseason. This is Matt Albers first, t- you know, time yeah. pitching in the postseason. Yeah. What's the status of Matt Albers? Does anybody know? I have, I didn't pay the slightest bit of attention to his deal when we got him because I was like, who the, who the hell is Matt Albers? Now he's my boo. But like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to find I that out. I want him to stay. Uh, yeah, he signed through 2017. 2017. So yeah. we have to, would have to re-sign him. And, oh, God, I hope so. Uh, yeah. So one of our few reliable pieces, consistently reliable pieces all season long. Yeah, he signed through 2017. Yeah. He'll probably get a – he should get a pay raise. I would uh, hope he's, so. He's making $1.15 million. Here's another stupid S you want to talk about stuff. Somebody put it not to us directly, so I didn't write down your name. I'm sorry if you're listening. That you know we wouldn't we would not resign Dusty Baker for Joe Blanton money. Like that's what we're talking about. So you said Matt Albers is getting 1.5, right? So 1.15. 1.15. Joe Blanton's probably making like three or four, maybe mm-hmm. three, and we wouldn't sign Dusty Baker. Far more essential to our long-term success than Joe Blanton. Who, I've already who was also who there. Is. Um, oh, he's like he, like Ryan Rayburn. We made him up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, he never existed, did he? Because he never showed up again. Um, someone on Tumblr put as their favorite baseball moment something about Ryan Rayburn, and I'm like, he exists. <laughs> no, he really doesn't. He was never there. I um, I have never seen this man with my own eyes. So uh, Ali is only signed until the end of this year. I have a feeling we're not going to be seeing Ollie again. Yeah. I'm sorry, you guys. I, I won't miss him as much as you guys will, but I, I sympathize. No. I, we'll, we'll always have walled stick game too. They can't take that away. Yeah, they, can't, <laughs> they cannot take that away from me. Uh, is Sammy up? No, I don't think so. I think we got Sammy saying for a while he's, Yeah, he's arbitration eligible yeah. in 2019. Yeah, All right, so we've well, got... I, I take Sammy as a, as a as an Ollie replacement. <laughs> no, for real, they're they're lefties no. out of the bullpen who yeah. who um, are coming we in just, similar situations. Like we we, we just got to you got to teach him to hashtag ang- angry strip. Yeah. Hey I've, Sammy, if you're listening, hashtag <laughs> angry stripping. I feel like he would be down for that, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, keep your pants on. <laughs> um. He takes him off, and he's just yeah. got a toy hammer sticking out of his boxers. Oh my god! Okay, oh. okay, enough, <laughs> enough. No, 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 no. 
you have awakened something within Lara. <laughs> <laughs> like Bryce Harper in a in a furry outfit. Uh, hey, that did not awaken anything in me. I want you to know. If I don't awaken something in Bryce Harper, um, people are actually uh, Jason Worth. I don't want him to be a manager. I want to be very clear about that. Do we think that they're going to offer him a role as, you know, in minor leagues as sort of a, maybe a hitting coach or a life coach or something I like don't that? Think, I don't think they're going to, and I don't think he would take it if they did. I don't think they would do that now because yeah. he's made it pretty clear that he wants to continue playing. Yeah. I when think he gets he to the point to he, he definitely wants to play. He wants to keep going. And whether or not that's realistic for him, I, I can't say. But um, I think when it becomes clear to everyone that Jason Worth is not going to be continuing to play baseball because he actively retires or he just can't get a job, then maybe they'll offer it to him, sort of like 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 Rick Ann Keel, you know. Um, I don't think they would offer it to him now. Hey, who's uh, the Red Sox DH? I don't know. Now that now that Poppy's gone, I know. Yeah, all I know is it's not Poppy. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people have speculated that he could potentially go somewhere where he could DH, but he would need to improve his numbers a little bit. I know that his numbers are bad this season because of the wrist. Or not, no, it wasn't the wrist. It was his foot this time. Um, yeah, he took that ball off his toe. Yeah. Uh, on, honestly, I don't think I can predict what's going to happen with Jason Worth other than he's not going to be here next year. I'm just going to um, put a plug in for him to come to Boston and DH. <laughs> We're. He need, We're going to invest in that. He should go to another young club that needs some guidance, you know? And that's not us anymore. No, I'm sorry. Uh, I believe no, I it is Dustin Pedroia. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I feel like... <laughs> uh, no, or Hanley Ramirez. I mean, most... Hanley was using Take On Me as walk-up music. Oh. It made me that was, so happy and so sad at the same time. To say the one the one best thing about Game Five was Michael Morse. He's done with baseball, right? Like he can't play I think, anymore. I think he. I think the concussion ended his career. I yeah, it's Hanley Ramirez yeah. for the for the Red Sox, but I think he was out, and so they might have used Pedroia. I hear Hanley Ramirez might be good at baseball. Yeah, um, he is good at baseball, but I think he's better playing a real position. Yeah, Most- um, and honestly, his batting average and OBP are not super different from uh from worths most most al teams these days like the days of having a dh like poppy are dying out in the al most als rotate their their dh slot anyway like so trying to figure out who's the dh it's they they pick the couple of guys who maybe need rest usually it's like a fourth outfielder sometimes it's a way to platoon your first baseman i'm trying to think of the last team that has a dedicated dh and i think it was poppy like yeah so um though okay i know this is not on the list um the rumors about expansion and realignment and making everyone have a DH. Mm. What? No. Okay, no. let's let's save this because I feel like we could have a really long conversation yeah, about maybe that's a good off-season conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't know I enough. Have sharpened my pitchfork if that's yeah. happening. Well, yeah, but it's it's way too it's way too rumory right now. I don't. I yeah, think we I could know. go off in a million different circles, but we don't actually really know what they're thinking about doing. Yeah, and we um, have probably have some tangential expansion thoughts to add to it as well. So. Yeah. All right. I'm going to team in Mexico City. Sorry. That slipped. I we have to we have to also address the co- the coaching staff. 
not coming back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think the that's what they usually do, right? And so yeah. the new manager can decide. Right. And I, so I'm not saying that the practice is necessarily bad, but lost in all of the dusty stuff. Dust, dust up? The dust up. Thank <laughs> you. That's a good one. Um, we lost Mike Maddox. Mm-hmm. We could theoretically re-sign Mike Maddox, but are we going to? He basically came here because Dusty asked him to. Mm-hmm. Is he so, is he good? I'm not sure. Is he is he a good pitching coach? <laughs> do we do we maybe have some really talented arms that need a good pitching coach in our in our starting rotation? I don't know. Maybe Mike Maddox isn't responsible for helping them at all. I just always think about that guy who looks like him. There was that guy in the stands who was like oh. a doppelganger. Right. And they took a picture together. Yeah, yeah. Well, Maybe you we know, could get that guy. Middle-aged white guy with a mustache. It, it, they all sort of start to look alike. Well, uh, yeah. He's the best pitching coach in the game. And we have some of the best arms in the game who have definitely shown marked improvement under his tutelage. And he's gone. What about Lopes? He was here before Dusty. No, he came because Dusty asked him. They well, he came this time. But didn't we have him a while back? Nope. nope. Now our space um, coach uh, went and started managing the Rangers? No. Okay, so we had, we've had we had a couple turnovers. Bo, Bo Porter went in to manage the Astros, but that the was Astros, well right. pre. Yeah, um, I, knew, I knew it was Texas. And uh, I can't remember his name. Our former first base coach moved over. No, we had him third. in 2006. We did not have. We had Davy Lopes in two thousand and six. Yeah, and only two thousand and six. Oh, I did not remember that. So okay, and then he so, went to the Phillies, and then and he went then to the Dodgers, back. and then he came back because Dusty asked him to. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant like before du- he was here before Dusty, as in like. Oh no, not this time around. Contiguous. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, he came because Dusty asked this, him to. Yeah, this time around um, he did. He. So I'm theoretically, sure. Davy, the, the the only reason he was here wasn't Dusty. In the long run. I mean, not the only reason, only reason. Um, it's possible he could be asked to stay again, you know, by the next the next manager. It depends on who we get and whether they want to completely clean house. You know, Matt Williams didn't completely clean house because he didn't know no, he who was... to call. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, Dusty came in and cleaned house with and put in his guys, and most of his guys have been pretty good, and I, I don't know whether they'll stay or not. But I doubt Mike Maddox will stay. I really do. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Um, I just think of the coaches, those are the two that I thought had the most significant impact. Yeah. So if we could keep one. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it is theoretically possible possible that we'll keep Davy Lopes. Um, I would I, think he's the more likely one to stay of the two of them. Yeah, but I also don't want to hold one season with us in 2006 as they... Uh, he'll definitely, or, or is is that pointing to him staying? So no, they, like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Hope springs eternal. Yeah, um, I also heard rumors about Sendley being uh, bandied about for manager. For us, <laughs> what? Bob Sendley. For oh. us. For us. For, for the Washington Nationals. For the Washington Nationals. In the year of our Lord 2018. Mm-hmm. I've heard I've heard the opposite that that people are talking about Maddox as manager. Yeah, I'm like I don't Pitching think that makes make terrible managers. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't do uh, that. Do we think Rich Rick Shue's gonna stay? His contract expired. Um, I mean everybody's did. Rick Shue might because we had him before Dusty. 
Yeah, so he's um, he's been here a while. Yeah, so it's a question of if someone's coming in has a guy that they want to bring with them. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be fine with you. Uh, yeah. Bob Sentley should not be the manager. Manager. <laughs> What's uh, Randy Nor doing? Um, I think he's in the minors. Yeah. Look it up. Uh, no, it's it not important. Don't look it up. <laughs> I, no, I was, I'm pretty sure though. Yeah, I, I was tossing that as, as an aside. Um, those are in all me. of this, who is our Triple A team now? You know, I. I know we traded with the Mets, and I That's think that's not ours is immediate, though, is it? Vegas. I think it is. Like for next season, I just don't. I mean, we didn't obviously train trade the people. We just traded the names and the facilities, right? Yeah, I mean, and ours is in Vegas now. I don't think that that's immediate. Beginning in 2019, so we have some time to figure out what the hell is going on with that. Yeah, I so don't think we need to go off on that right now. <laughs> Um, no, I'm just thinking yeah. in terms of managers, like they either bring someone in or they promote from within the organization. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, I was like, I think Randy Nor, by the way, is still in the organization in a non-coaching role. He's some kind of advisor to the whatever. Okay. We can't even speculate because we don't know who's, it is literally a completely blank field. Yeah. I, I mean, the Red Sox already picked up somebody. Um, <laughs> All right, yeah. I saw some people suggesting that we trade with the Mets, and no, thank you. I do not want that. Um, what? As in Dusty Baker goes to the Mets, and we get Terry Collins. I don't want Terry Collins. No. Yeah, I don't want to do that. No, thank you. No. Also, it feels like to move intradivisionally. Um, That's a bad idea. Seems shady at best. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's explicit, uh, explicitly prohibited, but it seems I mean, dicey. <laughs> speaking of speaking of NL East failures, I think Freddie Gonzalez is still available. Oh God. Uh, what about Ozzy Guillen? What about who? Ozzy Guillen. I don't know who that is. <laughs> he used to be a Marlins manager. We are now second only, by the way, to the Marlins for most managers in fewest number of years. Um, oh, you know what? Freddie Gonzalez had a record over 500 with the Braves. Yeah, but they were just ugh. That was that was the height of the Braves beat the Braves. Mhm. Mm that was also the era of the Braves being retaliatory to an extreme extent. That that's what I meant. Mm. Like ah. Freddie Freddie Gonzalez was part of the the and, and I will say so Houston, I I wanted a Houston LA World Series matchup once, you know, the LCS has started because I was like, yeah, that's going to be I think some really fun baseball. I like both of the teams compared to mm -hmm. the Cubs. Though I was actually more with the Yankees. It was like either way, it's going to be really fun. But I think Houston will be more fun um, to watch. But it's hard to be like, yay, Evan Gaddis. Yay, Brian McCann. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> There's this girl who's the roommate of a couple of friends of mine who's a Yankees fan, and she really pisses me off. So I actually don't particularly care about the Yankees, but she really pisses me off, so I wanted her to be sad. That's I fair. realized that. Um, wait, why did we start? We were... Freddie Gonzalez. <laughs> he managed the Braves from 2011 to 2016 during the height right. of their absolute nonsense. Yeah. So, no, I don't wish to have him. No. You know, like, neither do I. You know, we just brought this up, and speaking of Astros, Bo Porter is back uh, coaching third base, I think, for the Barbs, right? Why not get Bo Porter? 
I think he actually did a pretty decent job managing the Astros and got screwed over by management. Yeah, I mean, one. they also have terrible, terrible management. They have terrible front office management, you know? Yeah. Not, not like, like, not I mean, he was in managing the management. The Disastros. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, yeah. They, and they their also, winning percentage was three, three six, seven. They during that time. tanked, though. I mean, yeah, that, I know. for like I know. three years in a row. Um, yeah. But yeah, their front man, their their front office is a disaster, and like communication wise, and screwing people over, and making choices, and not informing the actual team manager, it's a mess. So I don't know. Maybe maybe Bo Porter wants to come back. I always did like Bo Porter. He has a son named Bryce. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> I would be fine with Bo Porter. Like if they announced Bo Porter, if I would be like, all right. But at the same time. You know who they should have announced? Dusty freaking Baker. God. I just... <sighs> and you know what was rubbing salt into the goddamn wound? Taking ten freaking days to let him know. And so yeah. apparently people have brought... I've seen brought up, you know, uh, that they have to, everything has to get run by a freaking committee. But it, regardless of whether this was run by a committee, I think the decision was made. And they dragged it out so that they wouldn't have to get into contract talks with him so that nobody could accuse them of ma making it about money. Well, and apparently they've been doing this the entire season. Mm -hmm. Like, they yeah. wanted to renew him. And and Rizzo, like... Rizzo wanted to keep him. Rizzo wanted to keep him, and it's pretty clear. Like, I'm pretty fed up with Rizzo. I'm sorry. I know a lot of people don't feel that way, but I do. Why? Like, what? what are you fed up with him about... I don't know. It's hard to explain. I probably shouldn't have said anything because this isn't going to be interesting. But I just feel like somehow all this shit goes down and he's up to his elbows and everything. And everybody else gets screamed at for it. And Dusty oh. gets fired. So we, he gets Bryce absolved. gets choked. He gets absolved of all responsibility. Yeah, and that just that doesn't seem fair. No, and I think I think you're right to point that out. And I'm not. I guess I wouldn't necessarily. Here I am doing it. I don't know if I would necessarily hold that against Rizzo. I think that's something that we as fans need to evaluate about our own reaction to things and why we are reacting that way. Like we have called out Rizzo for stupid shit on this show in the past. I'm struggling to think of one off the top of my head right this minute. I know we have. Well, Pabla yeah, Papelbon is kind of the one. one. Or having a career season. Yeah, and led to or, the dead spin. The dead spin headline: The Nationals are kind of boning Drew Storen. Yeah, or or uh, f trading uh, Danny out of spite. Like we have yelled at, at at Mike Rizzo in the past, but as a as a fan base, we tend to, as we ju literally just did, we say, uh, "Well, Rizzo clearly wanted to to keep Dusty." Um, as if this was a decision made without his input and he couldn't do anything about it. Right. And sh sure, it's not his money. But right. he pulls so many of these strings. And he could he could have said, you know, because his contract is coming up soon and people are debating whether or not we're going to keep Rizzo, which as for all the other things I would yell at him about, I think losing him over something stupid is a mistake. <laughs> that we will make because we're the nationals and that's what we do here. Um, like he's made I, some amazing things for us. What? I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I, was I, I wish something. I could, I'll think about it like, and get back to you. He could have, he could have said something like, look, 
I, I need Dusty for the team that I'm making. And if he goes, I am not staying. Not necessarily like I'm going to quit now, but it's like I'm going to not re- I'm not going to try to renew with you. This is the and they are going to want to keep Rizzo. So you'd think that like he has some power in the situation that if he really if he really wanted to go die on this hill, he could have died on this hill. Yeah, and I think he should have, frankly. Yeah, uh, and what you were pointing out about it being Joe Blanton money. Yeah. Like, so okay, so Rizzo goes in there and he says, so for Joe Blanton money. You know, instead of signing the Joe Blanton equivalent for next year, we'll take somebody out of AAA who makes league minimum, and there's your money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It shouldn't have been hard to come up with this money if if they gave a shit. Yeah. I mean, they I mean, do. I, I, they I, just I, they don't want to spend any money, and you. They, what did what did I say? Oh, I was. You cannot be the Dodgers on the A's budget. And I know the A's came up with Moneyball <laughs> to get around that, but we're not the A's. We are not scrappy and running on $5 and some spit. You are And also, paying. when did the A's last win anything? It, well, yeah. they were very, very good during the Moneyball era, and they didn't win then. in the postseason. Yeah, but like they didn't win in the postseason because of of sample size issues. But like they, they did kind of come up. Like I will give them the credit where it is due on this, but we – we should be spending Dodgers money. We have Dodgers money. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we should be spending Dodgers money, but we should be spending spending the money that we need to spend. And and to be clear about Joe Blanton in terms of replacing him with somebody at league minimum, he was negative point two war. Yeah, you Literally, could replace him with me. Yeah, like he's making four million a year. You could replace him with um, Stevenson who is not a pitcher, but like the pitcher <laughs> equivalent of Stevenson and be fine. Um, or like, yeah, like, like this is one of those things where you could have replaced him literally with a traffic cone <laughs> from AAA and gotten the same outcome and paid Dusty Baker and kept him. And, and so, you know, they are trying to pretend like this is a shoestring. They pay Max Scherzer the GDP of many small countries. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and they're saving money to attempt to pay Bryce Harper the most disgusting amount of money it ever paid to a single person that I'm aware of in one one lump sum. Like, And, and yet Bryce <laughs> probably is not going to stay. And yeah. I have made my peace with it, honestly. And everyone's like, haha, he's going to be a Yankee. I'm like, I don't, I absolutely don't think he's going to be a Yankee. No, I don't, I don't think he's going to be a Yankee, but he's like, probably... He, hmm? Hope is fading that he is going to stay here. Because again, of shit like this getting pulled. I also just think, like, he's going to get offered an obscene amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and he might go play with the Cubs because he wants to go hang out with his Vegas bro, Chris Bryant. Or he might go to um, the AL where, you know, like, he, he knows he can have an obscene amount of money. And the minute he stops being able to field in right field, they will make him a DH. And, you know, I, I don't know. He He likes a big stage. The Nats are a pretty big stage. The Cubs... Bigger. The Dodgers, yeah. bigger. You know the uh, yeah. the Yankees, bigger stages. I, at this point, I'm kind of like Bryce is going to do what Bryce is going to do, and it's going to come down to both money and what he wants out of the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, and I, I, I will be angry regardless. I'm sure, but Bryce Harper has put in so much work being Bryce Harper that I want him to get out of the game of baseball what he wants to get out of the game of baseball. 
Yeah. And the other thing is, like, they're saving for $3 million out of $400 million. Okay. Like, that's yeah. not saving. What is, what's the expression, and I'm almost certain we've used it before, uh, pen- Pennywise, pound foolish. foolish. Thank you. Uh, they're penny foolish, and I guess maybe pound wise, because they, they spent for max, and that's worked out okay. Yeah, but you know what? I Well, to be fair, I actually don't know if Max has any particularly special relationship with Dusty. But given the lack of alternatives out there, unless Max knows somebody that he thinks he would be better, I bet he wouldn't have minded taking a million off the top of that to pay Dusty. What's yeah. one million out of Max Scherzer's yeah. contract? Every, every single player on the 40-man roster chips... Well, maybe not the everyone on the 40-man roster because some of them... Maybe the that. 25. Yeah, everybody on the 25-man roster chips in, you know... Two million, two hundred, two million dollars. Not, not even two million. Sorry, two hundred thousand dollars, and you're good to go, right? Yeah, yeah. In baseball terms, we're talking about very, very little money. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, this is this is penny foolish and and pound wise. And honestly, and I, it makes me question whether they even understand the concept of what they're doing. Like, they considering how frequently they do this kind of thing. It's like they just don't understand that baseball economy is not everything else economy. Like, the learners have built an empire around here on real estate, and they understand it, and they're good at it. Do they actually understand how baseball economy works? And and quite frankly, if they really wanted to make Bryce Harper's contract money, they just sell the the naming rights to the stadium. Mm -hmm. Uh That's it. That's all they would have had to do. They would have been able to sell the naming rights to... um, to the stadium, Geico. to Geico or whatever, um, and we'd have I don't know the 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 Geico National Stadium. I don't really care. You know, we we can change freaking screech screech into a gecko costume. There it already was, is a gecko. It's cute. I know, yeah. uh, but like, yeah, they could sell the naming rights to the stadium, pay Bryce Harper, and and maintain the rest of what they had, and it would have been fine. Yeah. Also, to point out, because this was in part of their their bullshit excuse here. That winning divisional championships just isn't enough anymore. Consistently winning divisional championships builds a dedicated fan base that comes out and stays with you through the lean years, making you money. Yeah. Absolutely. They are... So I am a season plan holder, so I get some insight into what is going on in the season plan holder office. There's been such an increased demand for season plan holder ticket, or seats, that they are actually reshuffling them and trimming them and possibly considering... Like, like they're changing the benefits package to encourage people to move forward, making season plan holder seats more of a get-to-get. Like, they used to basically give them away because nobody wanted them. Now, so many people want them that they are having to figure out new ways of, like, arranging the, 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 the market for them. Sorry, I'm taking a long time to explain this. Like, there are consistently 30,000 people or more in the ballpark. Unless mm-hmm. it's a Thursday at one o'clock in the afternoon, like, I've been at the ballpark on Thursday at one o'clock in the afternoon many times. Yeah, like the, and this is happening because the team has been consistently, consistently good for, winning. yeah, consistently good for a long enough time that it doesn't feel like it's a fluke anymore. Well, like, and then the whole thing about like we're not going to pay to have the metro open. Oh, don't even get me started. Don't even like, get me started. Again, this is penny foolish. This yeah. is no money to them and encourages a dedicated fan base 
and is and good for the team. And takes care of their staff, who, by the way, don't have a choice whether or not they get to stay until 1 o'clock yeah. in the morning. Right. Like, um, I, I can actually, choose to leave. They can't. I feel relatively awful for the food service staff. They always, always seem understaffed, at least in the cheap seats where I sit. They, yeah. I, I mean, we were there for the doubleheader. Mm-hmm. And like a bunch for the against the Marlins uh, last year, and like a bunch of the food service staff were like, "Yeah, we've been here for like 12, 13 hours." Yeah, they don't really get they don't really get a choice in um, in their conditions. And, and, and the I playoffs, say, they got a lot of shit for how long those lines were. And you guys remember how long I yeah. sit in that fucking grilled cheese line? So yeah. because thank you because there were like two people back there, and a small child who kept running through their space. This is not how this should be run. No. And no. I'm not blaming it on the person with the spatula. Yeah. And and so this is just one of those those things. Now, I, I will say, let's think more broadly. Are there any teams that really like their ownership? I think at best there are teams where they are unaware of their ownership. Yes. But are there any teams where we're like, man, they got some great ownership? I don't really know enough about other teams' ownership to answer that, to be quite honest. Because, like, the Marlins was a cluster oh. fiasco. And it's, it's apparently it's turning worse. Apparently, uh, some of the stuff Jeter's doing is not going over well. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so, like, we can't, we're not the worst in the NL East because the Marlins exist. Yeah. We're never going to be the worst in the NL East. And we're never going to be the worst in the Mid-Atlantic because Pete Angelos exists. However, we are slowly inching towards full Angelo, Angelosocity? Angelosity. Angelosity. <laughs> um, I did love the person on Twitter who claimed that the Nats were terrible and shouldn't exist because they beat up on blue collar teams. What? Like the Orioles, and everyone's <laughs> like, "Do you know how much make, how much money he has, and how much he screwed us on the TV deal?" Like, what? Yeah. Uh, oh, that lunch pail team, the Chicago Cubs. Shut. <laughs> Mean. New York Metropolitans put on their hard hats and go to work every day. I'm like, <laughs> no. What? Like, like there are no blue collar teams because it's freaking baseball. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that was it was one of the most absurd things. I was, was like, you are dumb. You should feel dumb. I believe Squid, National Squid, who has been killing it, killing yeah, it. was just like, Angelos now. Um, not to make everything about the Red Sox, who I don't even like, but they being the other team I know anything about, I did just double check about who their ownership is. I had forgotten. This is clearly how you keep people from criticizing you. The people who own the Boston Red Sox also own the Boston Globe. Oh, yeah. 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 We, yeah. yeah so, so the upshot of that is basically they, they never get criticized. Because, oh, yeah. You know, they, public yeah. opinion about them is dictated by the major newspaper in the city. You know yeah. what, Jeff Bezos, do you want to buy the Washington Nationals? you can be hands off about it just do you want because actually you know what since he bought the post like the post has been fine the post has been good and they also uh, will call him out on shit yeah and like democracy dies in darkness i gotta say is one of the the greatest fus i've ever seen in my life (laughs) yep um but like hey jeff bezos would you like a baseball team you will get a dedicated fan base you it, oh 400 million for Bryce Harper sure I looked in my couch I found it like, <laughs> and he will never have to do a damn thing he can just oh you need money okay this is how much money you get yeah like I put a million dollar bills which don't exist into like a you know a little clip stack here you go 
Um, yeah. and, and quite frankly, if he wants to come in and buy them at this point, like the learners are local. It's nice. I'm glad that they came in and they invested in a team that that was essentially a trash fire. But you know what? They got it from trash fire to 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 glowing brightly. Well, now, now it's let like, us transfer it to people who are not dicks. Now it's like not a trash fire. It's like taking all of the nicest stuff in your house and putting it in the fire pit and deliberately setting it on fire. Yes. It's not you came across burning trash. You actively made something nice into garbage that was yeah. on fire. Um, like, so, yeah, you know what? Jeff Bezos, come by, come by the Washington Nationals. It can be the Amazon Geico... PNC Budweiser Stadium for all I give a shit. <laughs> I do give a little bit of a shit on that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, it, it would be just like, I don't know. The, the, Amazon. Amazon, the, the, the Prime Stadium. Uh, <laughs> That's actually, that could be a lot worse. Yeah, that could be, you know, the same day delivery stadium. <laughs> and, and then he and John Henry can sit around and have a private club of people who own a major baseball team and a major newspaper, and you know that'll be fine. Yeah, you know what? I'm I am good with a hundred percent of this. You have talked yourself right into it. I have. I did not start the <laughs> podcast thinking should Jeff Bezos buy the Washington Nationals, but I am leaving this podcast. Yeah. Hello. Would All you right. Like let it. <laughs> Uh, we'll put up a poll or something. Let us know what you think on that one. Have, has Sydney convinced you? Listeners? And if so, how do we get in touch with him? <laughs> the comment section of the Washington Post. I assume he reads it. Yeah. <laughs> every every <laughs> single page, every day. Speaking of garbage cans on fire. Yeah. No, let's not. <laughs> the comment section of the Washington Post is the worst. No, there are worse places. I but mean, it's bad. It's no, bad. The, political, the political ones, I'm just like, oh my God. Oh God. Oh my yeah, God. I don't want to go there. Um, <sighs> sorry. All right. All right. I think, I think we should probably start. Yeah. We're getting like increasingly w wider circles around. Um, okay, who else, whose comments have we not? Patty M said there seems to be too much drama, and I agree. Uh, it involves all of this stuff. The, the postseason, we had the wrong kind of drama in the postseason. Yeah, and the dusty drama is ridiculous. That there's this yeah. drama over it. You know, I did want to bring this up, but unfortunately, since it wasn't a comment directed at us, I don't remember who said it. Somebody on Twitter basically was saying, "I have never seen a fan base this mad mm -hmm. about not re-signing a manager before." And I think that's accurate because usually, by the time a manager goes, everybody wants them to go. Yeah, even the Matt Williams believers wanted were him done to with go. him by the time the end happened. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and let's let's not forget how terrible he was. Um, <laughs> no, so there was. No. I, no. I, I looked back. I was like, wow, two years ago was was forever. Um, there was an article in the Post two years ago about this time that was with players who wanted anonymity. Have we seen that in the past two years ever at all? A player players wanting anonymity. Yeah, to speak yeah. about management. Zero. Not that I can think of. Yeah. Nope. No. So um, the quote is, it's a terrible environment, one player said. And the amazing part is everybody feels that way. Yeah. And so we went from that to a clubhouse that seems to be unified, like each other. No one's choked anyone else out. Like, has fun playing. Because the last days of Williams' management, no fun was being had. No. Um, no and by the way, won more than 95 games per season. Yeah, Matt Williams got gifted with our nicely statistically assembled team 
And that's why he was successful the first year and was not the next year. And that's, this is what I think is going to happen again. That they're going to bring right? in a Matt, yeah, a serious. Gonna, we're going to get Matt Williams 2.0, and regardless of you know, he might be a perfectly nice, nice, likable person. He'll succeed the first year because all the pieces are there for him to succeed. Mm -hmm. And then when the slightest curveball happens, everything will come crashing down, and we'll be having another article like Clubhouse tension is ho horrible and you know the atmosphere here is bad and nobody trusts management and uh, anonymous quotes from players and that kind of shit like i realize that baseball is conformity but can't the players like do something you mean like speak up and, and try to defend like stage a walkout i mean, I mean, I mean they're already gone yeah i mean you'd think well, not a literal one thank you you'd think that they would have some power given that they're the ones with the product that people are actually consuming well and they said somewhere in one of these announcements that that ownership had not discussed it with individual players yeah but why not i don't know i know why and i i do agree with it in concept not in this particular situation i need to make that very clear you're trying to run a major decision past 25 people and get everybody's opinion and make sure everybody feels heard on this when this is a management just like this, well, this why sometimes do you have to ask all of them yeah no one's asking <laughs> freaking uh Adri adrian stevenson about this adrian but, stevenson. but then like no no one cares but like Adri adrian stevenson is his first name not adrian it's Andrew. Andrew. It's Andrew. Adrian <laughs> is Sanchez. Look, yeah, look. you're right. Adri whatever. I put them together in my mind. <laughs> no, I um, thought you did that on purpose. I loved it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I did that totally on purpose. I meant to the whole thing. But, like, no one's asking Ryan Sanchez about this. <laughs> okay. But then, then, it start, then you start opening yourself up to questions of why did you ask these people and not these people? Why don't these people? Are you allowing because the tyranny? One of them is Ryan Zimmerman. I'm, I, look, I'm not... I'm trying to say that you need. This is the type of thing that you cannot go on a case by case basis. I see what you mean, like, but I think it all comes down to things like hierarchies and power dynamics, and who can you and can't you yeah. talk to about people that are technically above them. I, I, I mean, the other thing is you have a couple players who are on very long contracts, right? You yeah. should sit down with them and say, "Hey, you're going to be here regardless of what we do. What are you looking for?" Oh what happens like what can we do to ensure your future success that's if it's dusty or if it's not dusty okay that is that is a separate thing that is a separate thing i'm just saying at a certain point management needs to make a management decision and trying to get the input of literally everybody involved and i'm not talking about like whether although it is a good point to bring up you know whether people are fear to say the truth because of concern about their own prospects but like at a certain point, you can't, you cannot govern by a committee that is that big. But you, you can't run a baseball team without talking to baseball players about yes. who they're going to have contact so with. Here's, here's what the thing is, what should be happening in this situation is it, they should know what collectively the team is feeling. If they're, if they need to be this involved, it should be apparent to them whether or not this team wants to keep dusty or not. Yeah. Because it's apparent to everybody else who's paying attention. So if they feel the need to micromanage on this level, they should be able to look at their team and know what their team wants Yeah, on this. And the fact that they ignored it, and I'm not talking about not asking them. I'm talking about 
Like, they just saw what was right in front of them and said, fuck it. Like, they ignored it. I do think that based on a couple of the quotes, um, it was Bryce and somebody else, I forget who, maybe Trey, Trey. were asked about it. I think they knew this was coming. I think they did, too. What did Trey, what did, uh... What'd they say? I didn't they see were that. just super non-committal, and they yeah. were like, "That's a management decision." Yeah, and Trey, when pressed, said something you know positive about Dusty and liked working with Dusty, but in a way that came across as very sort of resigned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, obviously we were all worried because it wasn't done, but I think they understandably knew more than the general public did and knew that this was coming. Yeah, and and well, I will say. Bryce and Trey are probably, I, I will say, the most media trained. Mm-hmm. Yes. Of of everybody that we have. Um, and so asking them versus, Ryan Zimmerman would probably just be like, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Mouthful like, of marbles, babble, yeah. babble, nothing said. He, he would say nothing but a different kind of nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they're going to ask, honestly, well, Rendon's not going to say anything. Murphy is on the last year of his contract and is a little different than Harper. You know who they should ask? Because he has absolutely nothing to lose. Max Scherzer? I was going Max and Jason. Oh, Jason Worth. Yeah, I think they, they probably yeah. didn't. Well, well, Jason Worth is going to another team. So if he wants to go to another team... He can't be criticizing his own former management. Yeah. But Max Scherzer had nothing to lose. And is not as media trained. I mean, he's very media trained, but he's not the same kind of media trained. And he has terrible diction. I know that's beyond the point, but it's the thing I'm most consistently frustrated about with him. Okay. <laughs> I know, I know. That's a really weird thing to say. Yeah, um, that is. That's a super weird thing to say. I don't I don't care. Like <laughs> <sighs> I was a theater kid. I want him to have better diction. He doesn't talk for a living. He, he literally does not talk for a living. No, but what he says is smart, and it's hard to understand it sometimes because his diction is bad, and I find that frustrating. Um, Anyways, they ask the people least likely to say anything substantive. Yeah. yeah. And I'm and, sure they may have done that for a reason, too. Yeah, or those were the only two people who would give them any kind of comment because they were the least likely to say anything substantive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, um... Yeah, and, and I think this is a case of, like, Ryan Zimmerman's not going to say anything substantive because he almost never does. Um, Steven Strasburg probably was like, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and again, in terms of contract stuff, these are the guys who could say anything at all, not the guys who are not going to ever say anything because of contracts. Like, they're not going to ask Michael A. Taylor because he's like, I just want to play left field. Please just let me back in the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, it bears... I'm almost, it bears saying I'm pretty positive that they asked that after, like, on Locker Cleanout Day, like, after we were eliminated. Yeah. So <laughs> the mood might not have been very overwhelmingly positive in general. Do you want Do you want to be sad for a minute? Because this has made me sad very mm. quickly. Okay. And then we're going to sad things up after this. Michael A. Taylor's father died this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, he God. has said that Dusty Baker has been, like, a father to him. Mm. Now are you sad? Because I'm like, I have to sh- share this sadness. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm literally looking at a picture of Michael A. Taylor right now. And and, and just like trying not to cry. <laughs> like, like, this is a case of, I, I am the stats nerd on this. There is no statistic for that. Nope. There is no statistic for a player who has experienced 
loss in a year, having a career year, and having somebody who's there to really guide and mentor him. Period. End of story. That's done fucked up. Yeah. And it'd be nice to say, hey, this is an outlier, but it ain't. This is the Nats doing what they do. Yep. Um, let's, I don't know, transition. Think, Does anyone want to predict the World Series? Uh, I know what I want. I don't think I could predict this in a million years. All right, say uh, what you want. Yeah, I'm rooting for the Astros. Astros in how many? Uh, Five. Astros in five? Oh, okay. I don't know. I could go for six. I don't, I don't know if I could take seven necessarily. Laura, what oh, do that you would think? be fun baseball. Yeah, uh, Dodgers fun. win the World Series. Jose Altuve catches the snitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for the record, it's always funny, but we can't do this every single time we make a prediction. And one of us does it every single time we make a prediction. <laughs> so? <laughs> Jose Altuve is actually the snitch. <laughs> um, He's got the right build for a seeker. Yeah, the the opposite <laughs> of being sad is is watching his teammates put him up on his shoulders. I, on their shoulders. I really liked when he slid into home the other night and Georgie Springer like basically caught him by the <laughs> arms as he was going through Springer's legs. It was very cute. Um, yeah, and, and they have a super messed up management and super messed up front office, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, you are, you are buckets of delight. Jose Altuve is joy personified. Yeah, like, I mean, so, so, okay, so my, my problem in terms of picking one is that I haven't honestly watched either of these teams enough to really know, and my problem in terms of rooting for one is that I want Jose Altuve, Curtis Granderson, and Kike Hernandez all to be happy. Yeah, by the way, uh, Twitter, ponle acento. Ponle acento. It's not that hard. I can give yeah. you a little tutorial on how to put the thing on the E. Do you actually mind, do, not right this second, but do, would you mind doing that on Twitter at some point? Because I know how to do it on my phone by holding the button down. I don't know how to do it's it. It's the same on Twitter. Twitter. You just, you just. No, no, no. Like, like, no. Like how, like, to, like how to get your laptop to, to type something with an accent on it? Yeah. There uh, are a number of ways I'm happy to post pictures. <laughs> I was going to say, Kay, do you have a Mac? Yeah. Hold down the E button. It, it pops it up as an option. You. It Hold does. On. It I does. It does. right now. Yeah. It, it nope, It just runs a string of E's. Uh, yeah, that is, maybe it's an older operating system, but like under new Macs, you just hold the E hold button it down. and it'll pop. Um, if all else fails. Copy Google, and paste. Google the word también. Copy okay. the E. Paste it. Yeah, like just Google E with an accent. And <laughs> at this point, I don't even care if the accent mark is going the right way, though it should. But yes, I want good things for Kike Hernandez. I want good things for Curtis Granderson. I I want good things for Michael A. Taylor and Secret Chris Taylor. Like, <laughs> I you know, I also want good things for Jose Altuve, Georgie Springer, and uh, and Carlos Correa. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tyler Clippard would get a ring if the Astros win. He's not on their postseason, is he? Doesn't matter. He was on their. He was on. I know. Their I know. Team. He'll get a ring, but he's not on the roster. Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't want to talk about that because I already came close to crying once today. I don't he would get a either. ring if he, they win. So I got to root for the Astros. Um, that is that is a good point. I will take that. So I am going to say it goes to seven. Okay. I, I actually agree with you. I think it goes to seven. I think seven. it goes. Go, sorry, go ahead. I think it goes to seven, and I think the Astros win. 
I want okay. the Astros to win. Also, they have the hashtag narrative. I, I don't care about the hashtag I know. Narrative. I don't either. That's why I said it like that. I mean, um, I'll, I'll, if you guys both have the Astros, I'll take the Dodgers just for the sake of argument. For the balance. But sure. I do think it goes to seven. I yeah. don't, no, I don't I'm with see you. us getting out of this in, in less than seven. I and think quite frankly, fun. I'm happy for that. Like, I think it's going to be two, two, two really fun, good baseball. Yeah. Like, oh. but between two teams who freaking deserve it by any metric um, in terms of their regular season play, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be just a really good series with some good ass pitching. Like it's going to be a Kershaw Keuchel matchup. And I'm, uh, I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah. Keuchel said he'll shave his beard if they win. Cool. I don't remember what his face looks like under all of that. Um, I don't know what his face looks like. looks very weird without the beard. (laughs) He looks weird with the beard, but he looks weird. He looks kind of like a Muppet without it. And I can't put my finger on why or which one. Yeah. But every time I see a picture of him without the beard, I just have this overwhelming feeling of Muppet. I'm not sure if I've seen a picture of him without the beard, but I'll um, I'll I'll see him in the World yeah. Series soon because I think I'm now past my baseball pain, sadness, hangover, whatever we want to call it. That like I can watch baseball again for the World Series. So I don't have time or a television, so you guys can just let me know how that goes. Yeah, have fun. I am definitely watching. So I watched the, I watched the LCSs. I'm not gonna lie. I reveled in the Cubs getting eaten, like with a with <laughs> sickening degree. Um. The a- the ALCS was just fun ass baseball. Um, I did get to yeah. show more. Pi- Sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. During the ALCS, I got, did get to show more people pictures of Jose Altuve standing next to Aaron Judge, which is always enjoyable. Yeah, I was gonna say that that if nothing else brought brought both MVP chants by two dudes who definitely always need to stand next to each other. <laughs> like. Um, and you know, maybe, maybe I'm more of an optimist or just less, I can't let myself be that, be as be that mad. Like it's not healthy to be as mad as I want to be. I like any game where Jose Altuve, Aaron Judge, Bartolo Colon, and Tyler Clippard can all play on a major league level. Like I like any game that has as much room for as many different people to play excellently like we have we have freaking adam eaton and we had um oh god doug fister doug fister thank you yeah like you knew who i was talking about we had i was like not ross detweiler doug fister like i you know maybe maybe that's got to be where i leave it but i love any game where we're gonna see um jose altuve versus yasiel puig yeah (laughs) so who by the way is adorable um i know he was being hilarious but uh yeah he would he was sitting there in the cubs dugout or in the in the dugout during the cubs game um when they uh clinched going to the Mm -hmm. world series and he was just like kissing his his uh, coach on the cheek it was really cute they were very very cute i i just gotta say yeah uh that's where i'm gonna leave leave it yeah Uh, astros in seven but a really fun series okay i think that's a good note for us to go out on something a little happy and um we're going to see all you guys on the other side of the World Series. Uh, last thoughts, anyone? What was the season total for uh, Career Fancy Stats? Oh, yes. Ah, okay. So the so the grand total for the second season of Queer Fancy Stats, which included the World Baseball Classic, the All-Star Game, the regular season, and the postseason, um, was $343.68. <laughs> 
Um, and that included two different additional donations, um, one of which was because of Kevin Pillar's anti-gay slur in May, and the other of which was um, because of Matt Joyce using an anti-gay slur in August. So those both went into that total. And the two-year total, in case anyone was wondering, is $717.30. So we had a slight downtick this year. Yeah, because the surgery apparently was yeah. you know, playing hurt. Still but given the number of people that I know have been matching at least some portion of that, the fact that mm -hmm. the total for Jen alone over two years is over $700. Yeah. First of all, Jen, you're amazing. <clears throat> Second of all, anybody who's been a part of this should be very, very proud. I, I like that something that Jen turned something really shitty into something so positive. Same. So yep. I don't know right. how to close. Cause I, I feel like, should we just say, let's go Nats anyway? I no. think we should. I still, this is the pain of baseball is I can be super mad at my team, at certain players, at my management, and I still love them so goddamn much and I want them to win so freaking bad that I can't not say let's go Nationals. Um, first, though, I do have to say our Twitter, as we mentioned, Resting Pitch Race with No G. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. If you have a moment, give us a rating or a review. Check out our website, restingpitchface.com. Catch up on all our back episodes. Uh, maybe we'll have some more content there coming up in the in the off season. And you can always check out our Zazzle store linked there. Email us. Thank you to everyone who did actually contact us via email and Twitter for this episode. Um, if you have more thoughts, please email us at restingpitchface at gmail.com. Can I close with a Dusty Baker quote? I think so. Please. Okay. So this is something that he said. Uh, right after the NLDS, but prior to last Friday, um, that resonated with me a lot as a, as a fan. So what keeps me going is the quest for excellence, the thrill of competition, plus there's a few things I want to accomplish in life. And until I figure out why the lows of losing don't match the highs of winning, then I'll probably be a manager for a while. Not a long while, but a while. And I feel that way about being a fan. I, I don't know why the lows of losing don't match the highs of winning, but I do know that we will continue to be fans of the team as an entity separate from its ownership, separate from its management, and separate from any individual player. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the game of baseball is, is really about failure. And suffering. And, and But it is about failure, and it's about yeah. failure. It's failing more of the time than you succeed, but somehow succeeding. And so I'm mad at ownership. I'm mad at management. I'm, I'm mad at a lot of the fan base and I don't love some of the particular players that we have, but you know, that's what it, you know, that's what baseball is. And regardless going into next season, you know, we're, we're going to be at this for a while. So that's where I'm going to leave it. There's okay. 158 days until opening day. With all that, I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Let's go Nats. Please come back, Tyler. It's just not the same since you went away. We really miss your eyewear. And the way you confused that is at the plate. There's a seat for you right next to Drew. And we need you to pitch the eighth. Besides, there's no other team who uses chocolate sauce to celebrate.